0: Hi, I'm Brandon I'm the father of two beautiful girls and recently I looked around my house and saw that it was full of rainbows and unicorns and mermaids that's when I realized that this is my daughter's world and I'm just living in it What's up, Girl Dads? We are here with a special guest, uh, Chris. He's actually a marriage and family therapist, so I'm super excited about this. Uh, he was telling me a little, we connected on Facebook, and he's been telling me about a program that they have, and that I'm really excited to share it and some of the insight that he has. So, Chris, why don't you give us a really quick introduction into you know who you are, what you do, and then let's talk about how we can be better dads.
1: Sure. So, great to be here. Um so I think the thing that we were talking about was the National Fatherhood Initiative and the twenty four seven Dad program that my company has been putting on, and we're helping dads just be more aware, uh, be more aware of their importance as being a dads, and giving them the skills and the tools that they need that their kids need, so they can show up and and rock being dads. Mm-hmm. That's
0: awesome. So now, now, how long have you been a, a therapist? How long have you been doing this? Mm-hmm. Altogether.
1: So I've been a therapist for about ten years. Uh, ten years ago, I started a new journey where I wanted to get out of sales and remake myself. And and I think you know the the old adage goes, people become therapists because they want to fix themselves. So <laughs> I just kept going around and mm-hmm. around and around, right? And it wasn't until I became a therapist where I, I figured out how to to fix the problems in my life and actually mm. move forward and get unstuck. And it's been a heck of a ride but it's been so good. Like I feel more fulfilled and more purpose now than I ever had 30 years prior.
0: It's fantastic. You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of the 12th step, man, where you got to go help somebody else to be like completely healed. Like in your journey to heal yourself, you have to go help someone else. And so like it, that, that makes total sense to me. So, uh, so tell us a little bit, like you have all this experience with talking to men and families and dads, Mm Like, what are some of the, the big things that you're seeing, like these reoccurring themes that you, that you find that you're working on a lot?
1: So I think the biggest thing that I work on with men is trying to get past the defense that they don't need support or help, right? Mm. There's, mm-hmm. there's a big roadblock. And I think a lot of men, when they come to therapy are very resistive because they feel put on the, fo- the spot or they feel, they feel really vulnerable and mm-hmm. they don't like feeling that way. Right. And there's so many wives or that will call me and say, Hey, my husband needs help. And they set it up. And then the husband comes, which is really good, but it would be really good or it'd be, it be a lot. I think the shift in our culture would be amazing if men would start calling and saying, yes. Hey, I, I need help. And it's, it's yeah. slowly starting to happen. I agree, but it's younger men.
0: Also true. Right. Yes. It's the younger yes. men
1: who look at therapy and growth as as a mission and a crusade where the older men are like, I'm fine. Why do I have to change? How come I always have to do what she wants me to do?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's interesting too, because that's the generation that, that taught us, that brought us, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I was talking to somebody previously, you know, like if I was following my model, like I would work hard, which is not necessarily it's not all negative, but I think maybe it was incomplete where it was, Mm -hmm. we worked really hard and a lot of our identity came from hard work, which was one of the reasons why we were pushed to college and all of these things Mm -hmm. is to get that good job, get that good job, because that's like where a lot of your value is. But then, you know, like I have kids and things like that. Now I'm learning like, hang on, in order to not keep like passing this giant suitcase of baggage down the line, I got to work on myself some. And then, you know, you, you realize that you learned a lot from your parents that you didn't realize that you learned.
1: Oh yeah. Like every day. Mm -hmm. So as a therapist, you know, it's really important that I do my own work and every day, you know, reading books, love and logic, or, you know, reading other books about resilience or Mm -hmm. optimism. You're I'm finding blueprints that my parents instilled in me, like the operating system that was, that was instilled in me. 20 30 years ago it's Mm -hmm. still running my life sometimes like you know if my son you know here's a quick story if that's okay um you know there's a bow range right down the street from my house and we my friend invited me we went down there and unfortunately they were having like a western state shootout and on all the targets were these animals And my son has a very gentle heart. He was five at the time. Mm -hmm. And obviously we couldn't go and and participate because we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) So we're leaving. And he was like, hey, dad, I don't don't like this. And I'm like, what's going on, buddy? Tell me about that. And he's like, there's animals on those targets. And I don't like that. And if I would have been my dad, I would have been like, suck it up. They're just targets. It's not a big deal. But because I have a little bit more awareness, it's like, hey, my my son was seeing his pets on these targets. He's mm, fine. Right. He doesn't really, he doesn't have that capacity to put those two things together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if I, if I beat him up at five, like, what is that doing? It's not helpful. Yeah. It's not supportive. It's going to be more traumatizing than anything else. So giving him space to grow at his own pace. Right. Is, was, was paramount.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's you know, I big. think that's the awareness we're talking about. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a level of conditioning that we, we kind of get from our, from our parents, whatever that, that looks like it could, it could come in the form of good work ethic. You know, it mm-hmm. could come in, in not so good forms as well. I'm sure. Right. So like, what are, so do we run into things where, so we're talking about self-awareness and the things that we, Come up with and dealing with them. So Mm -hmm. you're you're saying that you see a lot of issues with vulnerability with men, and why do you why do you think that is?
1: Well, I I don't know if we've had good role models for that, like what vulnerability means. I think in, in in studies it shows, like there's there's a great study about girls playing soccer and boys playing soccer. So during a soccer game, if if a girl got hurt. The game stopped everybody went to the girl and they were like hey are you okay sometimes the game continued sometimes the girls went and they did something else for boys they would start screaming at this kid to get up because they needed the support mm-hmm. right so there wasn't this place where we could be where this child could be hurt or be be sad because of you know the conditioning or the competitiveness it's you know it's that it's that argument of nature and nurture like, mm-hmm. I think boys are a little bit naturally with testosterone. They're a little bit more right. competitive by nature. But how do we harness that to be something that is authentic and integrated, right? Mm-hmm. Where they can use that strength to be protective and loving, not abusive and controlling right. because they feel insecure. Right. Right. That and makes sense. I,
0: yeah. Yeah. No. I, and I feel like if, uh, because that was one of the things that I've seen too, is like when I'm having to deal with vulnerability a lot of the times. Yeah. I would lash out with anger or something like that because it's, it's kind of triggering. It's something got past my defenses. Mm -hmm. And then now I have to respond in a certain way to either keep it at an arm's distance because it hurt me before. And I don't like it Mm -hmm. or, or I have a negative association with it, you know? So like alcohol was one with mine. Uh, So my dad drank a lot when I was growing up and I didn't really realize it until I was much older, but like I, that was something that triggered me. And so like, and somebody was drunk. I got Mm. super nervous. I didn't like being around it. And I would just, my fight or flight would kick in and I'm a very strong flight person and I would leave. I could not be around anybody that was intoxicated. It was super triggering to me. And that just came from a history that I didn't know that I was even picking up, Mm -hmm. but you know, it came from a, when I was vulnerable, my friends sitting there, you know, it yeah. was, what I thought was a safe place. And you're like, well, not safe anymore.
1: Right. And you're like confused, like what's going on here?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And those, those little stories and scripts run, run our mind. And, you know, speaking of, of being girl dads, because I do have a daughter mm-hmm. and, you know, so many, so many women are in therapy where their dads unintentionally, mm-hmm. right. It's like, Oh, you're putting on the weight. Oh, boys aren't going to like you. If you look like, Oh, you're dr- you're dressing a little bit too promiscuously, And these, these, you know, young women are just crushed because it's like, why doesn't my dad love me? Or why doesn't he accept me? Or when I got boobs, like my dad didn't know what to do. Like he stopped talking to me. He disappeared. And it's like, I, you know, maybe that gives me an unfair advantage over other dads because I'm getting all this information Uh from these, these adults who are sitting in my office, but it's like taking those and being aware, like when my daughter dresses herself some days and she's wearing stripes and plaids and her hair is a disaster. (laughs) And I'm like, you can't go out in public. Like that is the thought. And I'd like, I'm shutting it down before it comes out of my mouth because it's like, "Oh, I don't want to give my daughter that complex.
0: It's like, just let her
1: be who she wants to be. Right. Work itself out.
0: Right. Yeah. Because they're, they're expressing themselves. Sure. And then we're responding to that expression with either positive or negative. And at their level, they don't have that ability to translate it and be like, oh, that's someone else's opinion that your words directly impact their own self-image, their own self-worth. It, it like goes direct. There's no filter for them. It goes directly into their identity almost No.
1: It 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 really is. It's, you know, something John Aldridge, I don't know if you've read his books, but, you know, he talks a lot about how at the core of every man is the question, do I have what it takes to be a man? Mm. And at the core of every woman is, am I captivating? Am I the apple of your eye? And then he gives these great examples about how little girls are always trying to get their daddy's attention. Mm-hmm. Like, are you watching me? Like watch. you know, look at me dressing up. Do you see me? Oh man. And these spins, like look at me spin in my, in my dress. Right. And I know that, you know, that could be considered like a stereotypical, you know, cultural norm that we don't want our daughters to do, but I notice it.
0: it's real life, man.
1: It is like how many daughters dress up for their dads and say, do you notice me? Am I acceptable? Right i mean how many times do they just say look at me dad look at me dad and you're like
0: i have stuff burning like it's on fire <laughs> but like they're like or look the at phone. me right now like you need to see me mm-hmm. know that i need to know that you see me and it and right. you're like oh it's so stressful but you're you're right they want to know that they're seen and they're not like pushed aside or something or unimportant you know and it's uh it's very complex and so that's where i think very it's super so. it's super cool that you're doing something to help Dads with this because, like you said, I think culture is moving towards mm-hmm. remembering the value that dads bring to the table. Uh, which is yes. one of the reasons why I'm here is to say, hey, you no, know, dads are super important, man. That mm-hmm. you can't just push them to the wayside and, and let it go. They're they're critically important. And so I love that you're Very doing so. a program to help dads do that, you know, and they can kind of make that first step into vulnerability without having it to be, you know, a quote unquote therapy or something where they feel bad about themselves. So I, I love that you're doing that, man. Go ahead.
1: I think one of the things I tell men is like, Hey, I help you deal with your crap. So your crap doesn't hurt other people.
0: Truth, man.
1: Right. And it, you know, crap is, and I, you know, I had this little acronym. It's like your, your confusion, your responses, your, you know, your avoidance in your psychological pain. If you can, if you can get a handle on your crap and deal with your crap, then you're, you're going to be better than most, mm-hmm. right? Truth. The the men who come to therapy and do the work, they are better than most. And that's yeah. at the end of the day, you know, what more can you ask for? Because yeah. we have gotten that narrative like dads aren't important,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah. It used to be father knows best. And now it's like father's no less,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? We defer to, we defer to mom on most things, I, mean, I don't know why, like there's literature, there's books, there's groups, mm-hmm. like they're popping up more and more. Let's get involved. Yeah.
0: I love that. I, this is so preaching to me, man, you're preaching to me. <laughs> so if there was a, uh, if there was one thing that, so with your experience, with your program, all the things that you got going on from the dads listening, if there was like one baby actionable step to say, Hey, start doing this oh. thing right now, what, what would you get us started on?
1: Wow, that, that's, that's so huge. Um, I would say it, it, it's a toss-up. It's like doing your own work. Mm-hmm. So either going to therapy and finding a therapist who can help you figure out your own family history and how that's playing into what you're doing as a dad or or finding a parenting technique that you can consistently do that isn't about controlling the child, but learning about how to be in a relationship with that child. Mm-hmm. I like that. Is, that. is that too vague?
0: No, no, not at all, actually, because I uh, did an interview with a, uh, a nutrition coach, and he's mm-hmm. like, it, it starts with you first, or it started with him. Yes. He's like, I had to fix my health, and then by, the, by fixing my health, like, he basically fixed his family's health, too. Mm-hmm. And, and so now his family has a, a good role model on health. They have an examples to pull from for health. They see his journey. They see it like, so they have a model to build mm-hmm. on and it started, but he, he had to do the internal work, then the external work, and then the relational work. And so yeah, absolutely. It makes sense to, to start with yourself. And I'm a huge proponent for therapy. I've been in the chair, man. I encourage everybody to, whether it's, actual therapy or you need a coach, you need something like, yeah. uh, I saw a stat where most men, like it was like 45% of men don't have friends and the rest of them maybe mm-hmm. only have one. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard when you're alone, isolation is not where we're supposed to be. So if, if you don't have that group that you can really lean on then go, go get that help, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I encourage that. And so I encourage you to reach out to Chris, uh, you know, and, and, why don't you let everybody know where, where to find you, where they can connect with you, hear about your programs, hear about your work. Sure.
1: So I'm in California. Um, so with my license, I can only I can only see people in California, but I can give resources. Um, you can reach out to me at uh, guideposttherapy.com. Um, you can email direct directly at chris at chrisscottmft.com. Um, and we could talk about what programs are available to you. Like, you know, there's, there's, there are a lot of programs that are really good. Uh And, you know, my wife and I, we, we co-lead love and logic in our area. Um, and we've been doing that for six years and our kids respond really well because we're consistent and we're on the same page. Um, the program that I'm teaching at my, at my business is called, um, 24 seven dad. Uh, you can go on to, um, national fatherhood initiative and you can, you can pull up their information um, or you can find, you can find resources around 24 seven dad. I'll help you find those resources if you want. Right. So taking control of our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. And learning what we need to be. So we don't perpetuate our, our, our poor parenting that we got onto our children.
0: Right. Right. I love that, man. Chris, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. Yeah. And, uh, man, hopefully we're, uh, we can help some more dads be better dads. I love it.
1: It was awesome to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening, folks. Don't forget to like subscribe and share this with all those girl dads, you know, I just want to give one last quick shout out to inkledew. Thank you for making this podcast possible. Uh, I encourage all of you to please go get some of their delicious coffee or join into one of their meaningful conversations. You can find InkleDo Podcast everywhere that podcasts are streamed.